This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I want to speak to you about the heart of leadership today. The heart of leadership. And I want to, we're looking at the, the sort of the, the journey of the Apostle Peter. And also some of the other guys. We're looking at, at his journey as how Jesus took him from being a bit of a sheep to being a lion. Uh, who, would be, who would like to be a lion? Oh, I want to be a lion. Okay, all the guys want to, we want to ruah. We want to hoi. So, uh, now when it comes to leadership, I've seen it often. Often it's in like God loves to choose nobodies. So he came to Peter, who was a fisherman, like a nobody, and he called him and he made him into a somebody. Now if you look at King David, even when he started off, he he was the the least of eight sons. Eight sons. So Samuel the prophet comes, and he's going to choose the new king of Israel. So he comes to... Um, David's dad, and he says, bring me your sons, and one by one they come past, and Samuel looks at them, and then he looks at the one and says, surely this must be the next king of Israel. Surely this must be him, because he was big, he was strong, he looked the part, and then the Lord spoke to Samuel and said, no, I've rejected him, because you see, God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. So after the seven, Samuel asked, don't you have another son? And then, oh, yes, I have this other one, the eighth one, the rejected one, the forgotten one, and was looking after the sheep, and he, and he, and he called him. He was the rejected son out of the eight. There are different theories about what could have happened, but, but he wasn't remembered by his dad, but he was remembered by his, earthly, his heavenly father. So I want to speak this over you. Have you ever felt like a nobody? Have you ever felt like I am not a leader? Have you ever felt like a bit of a loser? Something happens, you just feel, ah, oh, you know, me again. I messed it up, stuffed it up. And who's felt like that at some point in their lives? Come on. I'm like, woo, yes, 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 and yes. Many, many times. And it's not bad to know or to realize you're a nobody. You know, so when, to give you a bit of my journey, I, uh, I wasn't a leader in primary school. I mean, primary school, goodness. I was nothing there. I went to high school and I was nothing there. I wasn't bad at sport. But I almost, my, my parents were divorced and I lost my way. And I, I just, my, my identity was a mess. So I didn't know who I was. I definitely wasn't a leader, absolutely, without any shadow of, the doubt, of a doubt, look at my life. It was a mess. At the age of 18, the Lord called me, saved me, I came to Christ, and then from that point onwards, I had opportunities. He called me, and then he, he, I, was, I was like getting involved. I, was, I started in the choir. I started singing in the choir. That's why I started my leadership involvement, just singing in the choir. Then I was on the social committee in Chauffeur Stellenbosch, the, the student committee. I was on the, part of the social committee. 
Then I would go to prayer meetings on Friday nights. Then I, w- I went to life group. I became a life group intern. At some stage, I became a life group leader. Along the way, I have, was often, often rebuked. Often. Say often. Have you often been rebuked? Probably not. I was often rebuked. I was often corrected because I was just storming into a direction. I had a massive, I was behind the rest in terms of my leadership ability, my leadership capacity. I, 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 I started late. And so later on, I, I went on mission, I was on going on missions teams. I was on fire for God. Then I became the chairperson of the student committee of the Shofar Student Society. The only reason was that no one else wanted to do it. But still, I was growing in my, in my leadership ability. So then I felt the Lord lead me to stand for the student council of the University of Stellenbosch. And it was a whole process, you know, having to speak in front of people. It was really tough. I made it onto the student council, barely. I made it on, and I was completely out of my depth. I was completely out of my depth and intimidated. I mean, these other people were head boys and head girls in primary school already. I mean, they had, they had a head start. And here was I, completely out of, out of depth. And, and, and in a sense, began to also almost lose my way with God as well because I was just doing all these politics and it was messy. I realized that I never, ever, ever want to do politics. No. And, and at the end of that time, I asked myself this question, but when, because I wasn't happy anymore, when was I happy? When was I really fulfilled? When was I really growing in God? And I remember, and I, I was like, when I was involved in church, when I was serving in church, when I was at, doing things, you know, with other believers. But so the Lord was working in me all that time. And I was at times, I was, I mean, my wheels came off and I was stressed and I couldn't sleep and I didn't know what to do with the, it was really, really tough. And, and I think the main reason that it was tough is that I was always wrestling with my identity. Who am I? Do I have it in me to be a leader? And still the Lord kept on growing me and he took me through a whole bunch of furnaces Furnaces, this, ooh, yes, because in the furnace, he molds you. In the furnace, he changes you. You just need to stick it out and keep going. And so, um, end of last year, I was this global leadership summit um, thing that Bill Hybels Church presents for 400,000 leaders across the, the earth. And I was in that first session, I just experienced the voice of God speaking to me. Let me just move that away. And I heard the voice of God speaking to me. And I, I heard the Lord say to me, Andre, you are a great leader when you are surrendered to me. You are a great leader when you are surrendered to me. And that so spoke to me. The Lord was like encouraging me. He was affirming my identity. He was speaking into who I am. He was saying, yes, you are and can be a great leader when you are surrendered to me. Because when we surrender to God, then it's God through us. It's no longer us. And so I can tell you so many stories where I wasn't, not even a great leader, I wasn't a good leader. Uh, about seven years ago, for those who know, um, Kubis and Roselda van Dijk. So uh, it was about seven years ago, we just moved into this venue, and I was burnt out. Burnt out. Sonic and I probably weren't sleeping much, but I was, I was, I was burnt out. I wasn't connecting with the Lord. I was running empty. 
I was really running empty. So the one afternoon, I mean, we came to church here, and in the foyer, people, I mean, Sonic and I were the only people on staff. So I was delegating to her, and she was delegating to me. It, it was not working. It was bringing a bit of strain between us as well. And so we came here to church the one day, and we found the urns were left on by a whole bunch of people. I'm like, oh, the urns are on. And, and, uh, and then I saw this little card. It was one of these welcome cards, you know, for a, for a visitor, a guest. And someone's folded in. In those days, I was... I was doing all the follow-ups myself, phoning people and sending emails, and I was doing everything. So anyway, so I took the card, and I, I phoned it, and this interesting name, I phoned it, and Roselda answered the phone. You see, she was a sort of a fun-loving, jokey type of person, so she made a joke. She was thinking, I'm going to just have a bit of fun here, so I'm going to write down. So now I realize she's making a joke. I'm burnt out. So I lost it. I was like, Rizalda, do you have any idea how much pressure I'm under? I'm not coping, and now you're doing this and that. It's like, come on, you know? And then I was on the phone, and I'm hearing her starting to cry on the other side. I'm like, oh. Bad leader. Terrible leader. So I, for the next 20 minutes, was apologizing or something, you know, and I apologized later again, and I think two years later, I again apologized to Zelda, I'm so sorry. But I, I realized when we as leaders, when we run empty, we have nothing to give. We don't, we can't even be kind. We can't even just, hey, ha ha, let's laugh together. That's actually quite funny. <laughs> but in the moment, it wasn't funny. You know, and so in my, on my birthday in November last year, um, in the Sonica asked the staff to, to all to share something about me, to something positive, hopefully, and, uh, and it was just so cool because um, it was Yvette Stevens' wife that just said, and that just really spoke to me. She just said, over the last year or two, you've really grown in your pastoral, you know, pastoral heart. And, you know, it's easy to fake things from the pulpit. You can't fake it at home with your wife, and you can't fake it with people that you work with continuously. And, and, and looking back, you know, there's so many times in my life that I, I ran empty, or I was stressed and under pressure. I didn't know how to handle the pressures of life, and then I become short-tempered, I become irritable, I become a whole bunch of stuff that I don't like about me. And I'm sure you've been there as well. Those moments where you say something, oh, shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't have, should have hold back. And it just so blessed me because I realized over the last year or two, you know, I am not born a leader. I just want to say it. I am not born a leader. I'm not a, 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 I, I, I am molded by Jesus and I'm no longer ashamed. I think in the past I was ashamed to say it. I was like, yes, I was from primary school, the standout awesome person, you know, leadership material. No, I wasn't. But I want to say to you that when Jesus gets a hold of you, you change into a leader. That's what he does. When he gets a hold of a nobody, he changes that nobody into a somebody. And I know with all my heart, God is going to use me, going to use us to impact this world, and Jesus will get all the glory. He will get all the glory because, no, I wasn't born the next super apostle. 
Just ordinary little me. And that gives hope for some of us here too, this morning. You're also just an ordinary little you. And if you don't know that you're an ordinary little you, you are deceived. <laughs> One of the biggest blessings we can have is to know that we are small. And God is awesome. And when he gets hold of us, so I want to I encourage you. Just let God come and shift the mindset that tells you to put you in those little boxes that you can't and you are you never gonna be and just 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 break those lies down. So I wanna tackle that this morning and, and then just get to to the heart of things. I wanna take us to the starting point of where Jesus called Peter. Let me just pray for us and we're gonna read this. Father, thank you. Just thank you for your word this morning, God, your spirit to work in our lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray that the lights would come on, that we would see, that we would understand, and that we would step out and follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Matthew 4, verse 18. It's all about the heart of leadership, but we, and I'm just going to touch on the starting point of leadership. Where do you start? And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Okay, yeah, the fisherman story. Just the, the nobodies, no, no successes, not, no awesomeness, ordinary people. And then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, he didn't say, believe in me, and I will make you fishers of men. He said, follow me. Because Jesus knows a leader is not developed in a moment. Now I can't lay hands on you and suddenly you're a leader. It's a journey. But you need to follow. So Jesus knew if these guys would just mirror, if they would just follow me, they're going to be molded, they're going to be developed, they're going to be changed, they're going to be transformed into world changers. But they must follow. There are so many people that think they can just come to church warm their seat a little bit, and go home. Get a pep talk. I'm going to be a leader. No, you're not. You need to follow Jesus. It's not enough to believe. You need to follow him. As I shared my story, I just was, from the start, people were inviting me to, be, to, to serve in different places, and, my, and that's how it went. I'm always following Jesus. You grow when you follow. You grow when you get up and go. Are you a pew warmer? Are you merely doing, hey, I like Jesus in the sense like I'm adding Jesus a little bit to my life, but Jesus isn't the main deal. I spoke about that last week. Is he the main deal? Because if he's the main deal, you'll get transformed as you follow him. Do you want to be a leader? Do you want to impact the lives of people? If you want to, you need to make him the main deal. And it's more than just... Attending one or two things, it's, God, I'm following you. Come on, say follow. You need to follow. You need to follow. You need to get up and follow. Otherwise, otherwise it just, you know, Jesus doesn't turn couch potatoes into leaders. I think it's impossible. You need to get up and go. You need to get going and growing. So, and I think sometimes our biggest struggles in our heads. So I asked Erlen to come and share his story of what the Lord has done in him over the last two years or so. 
And I felt specifically, you know, he's just over 25, but I feel he wants to speak to the 40 pluses today. I really feel if you're 40 plus and you're sitting here, the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. He wants to speak to you. So please, listen. Good morning. 25 plus a little bit of change. Um, <clears throat> Andre just asked me to, to share my testimony and, and very quickly just to, to give you some background. Um, I, I was very privileged and I grew up in a Christian home and I um, went to Sunday school and church all my life. Um, I went to the army for two years and I came back and studied and uh, did my apprenticeship and all that kind of thing. And um, then I was actually engaged to be married and God called me to a youth team, a Christian singing and drama team, believe it or not. Um, totally out of my comfort zone, totally, totally not me. But anyway, I learned new things. But one of the things that we had to learn was... Um, how to do cold evangelism, knock on doors, meet people in the, in the mall, and share Jesus. And obviously the, the test was an a oral one. And I, after the third time, um, I either got stuck on a verse or I didn't quite get it right. And the guy said to me, you just aren't getting this right. And... From then on, I didn't realize what an impact that, was, that would have on me. And for, for the balance of that year, I did everything that I could. Uh, practically speaking, we traveled around the country. We were at a new church every, every week. We traveled all over the country. Um, we, so we had vehicles to fix. We had sound system to fix. We did, and so practically speaking, and, but when it came to talking to people or after the service, or um, coming up for counseling, um, I'd stuck my head into the sound desk or I did something, um, because I believed that I just couldn't get it right. And that was in 19... long time ago. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was a long time ago, 87. Um, 29 years later... Kim and I came to this church. We were seeking uh, something more. Um, and when we came here, it was, it was very new and very different. Um, we, we sat somewhere over that side, and when um, I think we had communion that, that day, and uh, when we had to share, find another couple and pray with each other, I wanted to just crawl out the door. Um, it was hectic. And... Um, Basically, I was in a box. I realized that we had to make a decision to either just float along, come, come on a Sunday morning, duck under the radar, don't be noticed, duck out again, done our bit, um, and that's it. But God had so much more in store. And we made a decision, and we, we came to... Um, every encounter that we had, we came to the financial uh, course, we, we did everything. Um, and God moved in our lives. God moved in my life. I 
came to the realization that my self-perceived weakness was absolute lie from the devil. I learned that, first of all, um, I had never actually been empowered from high. And in encounter one, um, I was filled with the Holy Spirit and I've prayed in tongues. And um, the Lord has just lifted the veil from my eyes, made me realize that I don't necessarily know a whole heap more of, of anything in, in the last years, the last two years or so. But one thing I do know is that all God wants is our availability. He wants us to step out and be available. Don't get painted or boxed in into something where you believe you can't do. If you, are, if you love the Lord and you want to serve him, I challenge you, step out the box. Move, take that one step forward. He will meet you right there. And he will work through you like you cannot believe. So I just love, you won't believe it. I was petrified in the beginning. I love to come up when people come for the altar call. I love to come up and pray with people. They might bounce some questions off me, and uh, if necessary, I'll call my backup. But um, it's, it's just amazing what God has done and just lifted me out of that box, lifted the veil. I can see and believe what he can do through me. My 40-plus friends, Jesus is speaking to you. He's calling you. He's saying your time is not up, and the boxes that you've been in, Break those boxes. This is for everybody. But I really feel God is wanting to speak to some of our older people that say, hey, that the young people, the young people, they are the on fire ones. Absolute rubbish. We're going to have the most on fire youth ministry in the city in Jesus' name. And we're going to have the most on fire old people in the city in Jesus' name. Amen. The devil is lying to a whole bunch of us. I can't. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified enough. It's absolute rubbish. Come on, step out. Get a place to serve somewhere in church. Join the encounters. Go through them. Your life cannot remain the same. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay, so I want to share this one principle that I believe is uh, the key to becoming a great leader. A great leader has a soft heart and a thick skin. A great leader has a soft heart but a thick skin. You see, sometimes we fall for this lie, especially when we look into the secular world and we look at strong leaders that step upon people and treat them like dirt. We're thinking, well, maybe then I need to be like that to be a manager in the world. That's a lie. That's nonsense. I mean, Sonica was sharing with me when she was at... Coopers in Cape Town, she had two very challenging managers. And the one manager especially was, I mean, they would scream at people and they would step on people. The, the clerks were terrified of these bosses. So they're actually petrified to a point that they couldn't work. They were too afraid to ask questions. And Sonica was battling with this whole thing. Well, should I be like that to be a, a leader or a manager in this company? And then when she became a senior manager, she said, no, I'm not going to be like that. I'm going to do it better. And the, and, and the teams under her flourished. 
absolutely flourished because they, didn't, they were not afraid. There's a, there's a better way than the way the world is leading us. And she was sharing with me as well, um, the, the, the CFO of Vodacom years ago, um, he moved from Vodacom to becoming the CFO of Remgro, which was one of the biggest companies in the country. And she was amazed at how kind this man is and how well he treats people. And so I just want to put it out there. You don't need to be a pig a, to step on people and treat them like dirt to make it in the world. That's nonsense. Be kind. Be, be good to people. Obviously, you need to be, have a firm hand as well. I'm not saying just be soft. Okay, so a thick skin. I got this quote. This is brilliant by Charles Spurgeon in the context of a thick skin. If any man thinks ill of you, do not be angry with him. For you are worse than he thinks you to be. Isn't that amazing? If any man thinks ill of you, do not be angry with him, for you are worse than he thinks you to be. And that is true. Without Jesus, you and I, we are a mess. So if someone thinks ill of us, it's like, yep, it's true. Without Jesus, that's me. And worse. So that was just so... An eye-opener. I spoke last week about this, that the, the cornerstone of leadership is the fear of the Lord, that we are God-pleasers, not man-pleasers. That's what thick skin speaks of. I am not moved by the opinions of man. I first am moved by God's will and God's plan, and I will follow Him. doesn't mean we're not inclusive as leaders. doesn't mean we don't listen to people. It just means at the right times, I follow God. A, a leader is actually just a follower of Jesus. Okay, so that's thick skin. But I want to look at is the soft heart. So Psalm 78, verse 70 to 72, this is David, the man after God's own heart, and God who spoke about David and spoke about his heart. And even in the same way, just as an intro to the, to the scripture, when, when Peter failed and denied Christ, after Jesus was resurrected from the grave, he met with Peter and he asked him this question. This was his moment that Jesus called Peter into leadership. We asked him, Peter, do you love me more than these? Meaning more than the fishing, more than your work, more than the, other, the, the things of this world. Do you love me more? And then he said, yes, Lord. And then Jesus said, well, then feed my lambs. Tend my lambs. Feed my sheep. You see, leadership is always about caring for people. doesn't matter what context, church context, life group context, you're a teacher at school, you're a business manager, you are just working in a company, you are a parent at home, you are called by God to lead. Even if you're not the top dog, you're called to lead. You are called to care for people. You, are care, we, you and I, we are called to care for people. And I think sometimes this, we miss this with all the pressures of life and the financial pressure this in, our, in our businesses. We can tend to forget that this is my flock. These people are my flock. Even I'm not the boss, I'm just one of the staff members. These people are your flock. And so look at this with, 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 Jesus, uh, with uh, David, Psalm 78, 70. He said, he chose his servant David. In other words, we are first a servant of God before we are servants of people. That's, again, the thick skin, the fear of the Lord. Calling him from the sheep pens, calling him from, from nowhere. 
He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants. So he took him from the sheepfold and he made him shepherd. Leadership is about shepherding. Because I think the picture that God is being with the lambs and the sheep, it, it, it sort of sums us up as people. We are like little lambs. Our hearts get hurt and broken and wounded through relatively small things. And God knows it. So he's, he's looking for leaders who would shepherd his flock well. He's looking for people who would tend and care for others well. He's looking for people who would be his hands and his feet, say, hey, come on, represent me now well. And David was such a man. God looked at the heart of David and he realized, I can't trust this man. He's going to be a good shepherd. And then it says God's own people. I want to say that as well. Every person under your influence, whether it be your children, whether it be staff members, whether it be Kids at school, whether it be your life group, they belong to God. They are His people. They are His children. Are you aware? No, you're not the boss. There's a boss above you and He's checking you. How are you treating your employees? He's looking. He's watching. Are you stepping on them? Are you wounding them? Are you hurting them? Because then God cannot trust you. Are you tending them and caring for them? Then God can trust you. So leadership is about caring for people. And I believe this is why David was different. Verse 72, I mean a king, I mean a king has the right to step on people. But he says in verse 72, he cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. He led them with a true heart. He had a good heart. He had a, a soft heart. Do you know what happens? I see this. To many leaders, to many Christians, over time, the heart becomes hard. We become disillusioned with church. We become disillusioned with church leadership. We become disillusioned in the world out there, maybe in our industry or whatever. It's like, and you know, you need to be like this if you want to make it in this industry. So I'm going to play the game like the other guys play it. I'm going to step on people. I'm going to do it like this. But I see this. I see this with church leaders. I see church leaders that were passionate about God years ago. They have an intimate relationship with Jesus. They were humble. They were kind. And then success comes and they become, and and they get offended with people. And then they become these bitter, angry preachers. And so we need to evaluate ourselves. Where is your heart at? I mean, just last night, Sonic and I, we were praying together. And during this fast time, I was convicted. I'm like, man, that person, you know, we had a transition in Shofar over the last year. Our founders stepped down, new leaders, I'm part of the new leadership. And the process was really, really tough. Really, really tough, understatement of the year. And, and, and so there were things happening amongst godly, lovely, wonderful, Christ-loving men it was, it was painful at times trying to find one another. And so last night I had to like six people that I needed to forgive because I can't get them out of my mind. It's like constantly the, the names and the faces and I'm like, oh, when is that one going to say they're sorry? <laughs> when, you know, that you can know you, you're not forgiven. You've not let go. If there's, you're still waiting for somebody to come and forgive, to say I'm sorry, 
someone to come and repent. So I feel God this morning wants to speak to our hearts. He wants to take hard hearts and he wants to make hard hearts soft. I felt the Lord's asked me this question or warned me yesterday. We need to watch out for becoming professional Christians. Professional Christians. You know the lingo. You know the scriptures or a whole bunch of them. You know when we're going to sing what, when we're going to do what. You're worshiping, you're singing, but your mind and your heart is somewhere else. Your passion has been lost for Christ. You've gone through the motion. You've been in church for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. I don't know how long it is. You can go there in a year. I know this deal. And something is not right on the inside. The enemy wants to make our hearts hard, disillusioned. He piles on the shame. He piles on the guilt. He piles on the condemnation to even make it worse. And we find ourselves, our hearts, becoming hard. Jesus, or David, he cared for them with a true heart. And I realize I need to make a serious commitment before the Lord. I want to be like a child. I want to believe the best in people. I don't want to be guarded. I want to be passionate about Jesus. I don't want to get irritated when somebody else is passionate about Jesus. Because that will happen when we become professionals. Hey, 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 that's a little bit over the top, eh? A little bit too passionate over there. Come on, calm down, calm down. Too passionate. No, be passionate. I mean, uh, yesterday or Friday, we were praying with our son, and he was passionately praying, laying hands on Sonic. Uh, uh, he was lying his head on her, on her legs and, and just weeping and praying for her. Then he prayed for me, laid hands on me, and I'm like, sheesh, this is anointed. This is amazing, and he's passionate. And I'm like, Jesus, protect that passion. Never become a professional. Never become disillusioned. Never, they are same old, same old. No, we're worshiping the King of glory. We're gathering in the name of Christ, the one who created heaven and earth. He is wonderful. How can our hearts be cold and hard and be irritated with someone that's too passionate? May we be the most passionate. Come on, I'm calling you into this, that the Lord would touch your heart and help you now. Now look at this verse. I, I, the Lord gave me this over the, over the December. And I believe it's a prophetic word for the church and for government and across the board. And I, I believe we're seeing this. It was Ezekiel 34 where God actually through Ezekiel, he prophesies against the shepherds who don't care for the people. He says then, verse 1, Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds. The leaders of Israel, give them this message from the sovereign Lord. What sorrow awaits you, shepherds who feed yourselves instead of your flocks? Shouldn't shepherds feed their sheep? You drink the milk, wear the wool, and butcher the best animals. But you let your flocks starve. He's talking about people being butchered. You have not taken care of the weak. You have not tended the sick or bound up the injured. You have not gone looking for those who have wandered away and are lost. Instead, you have ruled them with harshness and cruelty. So my sheep, again, God's saying, my people, my sheep, have been scattered without a shepherd, and they are easy prey for any wild animal. Therefore, the shepherds hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I now consider these shepherds my enemies. Isn't that scary? 
my enemies, and I will hold them responsible for what has happened to my flock. I will take away their right to feed the flock, and I will stop them from feeding themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths. The sheep will no longer be their prey. I believe there's a move right now where God is saying, I am over corrupt leaders. I am over pastors who abuse the flock. I am over government politicians that abuse the people. I'm over business leaders who treat the people unfairly and, 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 and break them down with cruelty. You see, this is the fear of the Lord. This is, a, there's a boss above you and he's looking. And I believe God is moving right now as he has in Zimbabwe and in other places. He's moving right now. He's moving right now. He's moving. He's saying enough is enough. My people are crying out. My people are praying and I will answer their prayers. I will deal. And that's for out there. But now it comes to you and me. How are we treating people? How are we valuing people? I have seen church leaders wound people so deeply and so badly. And I'm saying, Jesus, never. Please, God, help us never. Help me never to do that, never to go there, never to be that. God, may I represent you well. And that's the word I received from the Lord. He said to me, create a safe environment where I can send people. We want this to be a safe environment. But then every person needs to catch this. Soft heart, thick skin. Soft heart to be kind and gentle even when people are wrong, even when they do us badly in, even when they are irritating us, even when they are ugly with us, to have a soft heart, I forgive. And a thick skin to also not allow when people do stuff to us to cause us to, to veer off course. Now I'm following Jesus. Just following Jesus. Just following Jesus. I want to ask all of us to, to, to evaluate our lifestyle, to evaluate our hearts. Are you caring for people? Are you caring for people? Are you caring for people? Are you stepping out to care, to look out for others? Because that's leadership. Why not become a life group intern, a supporting one so you can learn how to look after a whole group of people? Why not become a life group leader and you take up that place where God is calling you to actively shepherd others? I am so proud of every life group leader, everybody leading there. It's amazing. You're doing the heart of God. So I want to read this last verse. And then we're going to pray. Ezekiel 36, verse 26 to 27. It says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I would say, a whole bunch of us are saying, that's not me. Can I say, it might be you? Because <laughs> we're not always aware of our own hearts, how disillusioned we've become, how cold we've become towards God, how much fire we've lost. Verse 27 and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So the Lord is saying, I'm going to give you a new heart. 
I'm going to take out the hard heart. I'm going to take out the unresponsive heart. I'm going to give you a childlike heart, a fleshly heart. I'm going to make you excited again about life, about God, about church, about seeing the kingdom come. You see, leaders must have hope. If we lose hope, we have nothing to give this world. We must give hope. We must release life to others. How's your heart? I don't care how long you've been a Christian. If you've been a Christian for a long time, especially, I believe this word is probably for you. I'm saying, God, I don't want to be a professional. I want to, I want to be the loudest, most passionate freak for Jesus. A fool for Christ. How about you? Come on. So just five things there on the screen. What I believe leads to a tender, responsive heart. I want to call us this morning to these things. Forgive those who have offended you. Forgive church leaders. Forgive Christian friends. How often I hear people who are offended because some Christian friend didn't phone them or something. I'm like, on what planet are you? So pick up your cross and die. Does that ring a bell? Pick up your cross and die. No longer you, but Christ who lives in you. And you walk away from Jesus because your friend doesn't phone you. What gospel are you embracing? Forgive those who have offended you. Have patience with those that frustrate or irritate you at work or church or wherever else. Have patience. They're your ticket to glory. Thirdly, be kind to people who make mistakes or fail. Even people who have been ugly to you, after you have forgiven, you need to move into action. I'm going to be kind to them. That's the only way you know you're actually free. If you can be kind to them, then you are free. Fourthly, see the good in people. When you become disillusioned, offended, and bitter, you only see the bad. In your work environment, school environment, wherever, home environment, family environment, let the Lord touch your eyes again. And then fifthly, encourage. I see it sometimes it's like, why can't people just be nice? Come on, say something encouraging. I believe that's that heart that's good. You're seeing something good and you're saying it. Are you encouraging people? Do you have that tender heart? That seeing the best in people saying, hey, I believe in you. You can do it. You can do it. Amen. The Lord at this time is re rain, raising up amazing people in this church. Amazing miracles are happening. People are stepping out. I am so excited. But we want everybody. We don't want the 20% to be on fire for Jesus. We want the 99.9% .9 and the one dog is the other 0.1%. Everybody passionately love with Jesus. Come on, that's you. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.